it's always a privilege to come to share God's words with you. And she, uh, the moment I just stepped in here, I realized that everything is big. Camera is big, the things are bigger. <laughs> but anyway, it's good because we believe in a big God. <laughs> so, um, as Don said, um, I'm Andre, and, and we continue. I'm going to be sharing with you from uh, Exodus, uh, the second book in the Bible, and uh, we are going to be looking at chapter 18. Uh, that's what I'm going to be sharing with you uh, from, and I trust that God, what, a, what an amazing time to get a time of worship. It just felt like you want to carry on just worshiping and just uh, hearing God. Um, so, we've got about 27 verses that we're going to be looking at together. And uh, these 27 verses in Exodus 18, we can divide them into two. Um, verse 1 to verse 12, you're going to discover uh, that uh, there is a mention of Moses' family, the father-in-law who came to bring them to Moses. Um, we found Moses in this chapter uh, at the place where he started his journey, the mountain of God, where he started his journey in chapter 3. So that's where he is. They are still on the journey to the promised land. So the first 12 verses, there are so much that one can talk about. You can look at family. Um, you can also focus on uh, Moses' father-in-law, like his conversion, we'll touch on that one. But from verse 13 to 27, we see that we've been introduced to uh, this new community of God's people, and that uh, we get exposed to the leadership of Moses himself, the leadership to God's people, and then there is a mention about the advice of Jethro to Moses. And I know that this particular chapter, um, I, I've, I've come across a lot of institutions that have used some principles from this chapter. Even institutions that are not Christian institutions, because it's a, some, there are some great leadership principles that we can apply anyway. So I'm not going to be sharing with us, you know, a list of number of principles, but I'm going to share with us at least two things uh, that are directly applicable uh, to God's people in the church, but we can take it from here, obvious, to any other spheres or any other part of our lives. So, the topic that I'm looking at, that's so much better. God bless you. <laughs> I was so disturbed about this thing. There was going to be a time I was going to stop and say, can we switch it off? But it, it's kind of like, now it's working best. There's a man who's using his gift just to say the word. Who knows how to read the time and the season when things are getting right? She, you only get these people this in this community. So I'm going to be focusing on leadership and the people of God. So from this chapter, leadership and the people of God. So if you, you can turn with me to Exodus chapter 18, we are going to read the first nine verses, and then we'll go on. The two things that I'm going to be sharing with us will come right at the end. So we are just going to be going through the verses and see the things that God, thank you so much. There's another man who, who knows how to use that gift. You know, it's just is a telling. Thank you. So let's read. Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, out of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken Zipporah, Moses' wife, and he had sent her home along with her two sons. The name of the one was Geshom, for, the, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. And the name of the other was Elisia, Eli, or they call Elisia. For he said, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses 
in the wilderness where he was encamped at the mountain of God. And when he sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law, Jethro, had a lot of mention about father-in-law, father-in-law, I am coming to you with your wife and our sons with her. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare and went into the tent. Then Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake. I want you to underline that. All the hardship that had come upon them in the way. Another thing to underline. And how the Lord had delivered them. Underline that one as well. And Jethro rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel, in that he had delivered them out of the end of the Egyptians. This is God's word. Father, we pray that this morning you'd speak to us. Lord, we ask that your presence be with us, Lord, to guide us, lead, prepare our hearts, bring about the healing that you want to bring to our hearts, Lord, this morning in Jesus' name. Now, the story so far is that Moses is at the mountain of God. As we see, as we just read, there are a few things some people say, you know, they would go on the side of saying, okay, Jethro, the reason why he took the wife and the kids was because Moses was thinking about divorcing. I'm not going that route. You know, Jethro took the kids and the wife to Moses because he just wanted them to be reunited. And we are told in chapter 2, wait, chapter 4, that's where the possible separation might have happened and for the reason which would be obvious security for Zipporah and the two sons. We are also told that Jethro heard all that the Lord had done. But we are not told how he heard the news. If it was today, I would have said maybe it was on Twitter, maybe it was via Facebook, but then I think we can tell it, you know, a possibility of people who are going in and out of Egypt, I think the news went and they got to Jethro. Jethro wanted to meet Moses, but the big idea was to take the wife and the kids to Moses. But when they get together, then we are told here, Jethro is not saying anything as yet, but verse 1 to 9, it is Moses explaining. Now, when it says that Moses shared with Jethro all that the Lord has done, we can obviously say Moses was telling Jethro the details of every chapter, and he got to chapter 13 and said, you know, by the way, I want you to know, God was with us, his presence at night, like a pillar of fire, his presence was with us. And they did like a pillow of cloud. He walked with us. But that's not the end, Jethro. I want you to hear. All that you've heard is not a lie. I want you to know that it's the truth. Because when we went further in chapter 14, you know, we, you know these guys were following us. Then we got in front of the Red, of the Red Sea. The, I was thinking, what am I going to do? But I want you to know, God came to our rescue. He separated the Red Sea. We crossed over. In chapter 15, we start to rejoice and singing songs of praise. He's obviously explaining, and Jethro is sitting there just listening, just following, just listening. But then we are told in these verses that Moses did not only spoke about the good side of what God did, but he also mentioned that we are told that he talked about the hardship which they had to go through. Now, this is important. Because sometimes when we are telling our God's story, maybe you've been asking yourself a question, why your friends are not interested in your God? Maybe because it's, you don't present your God well. Why your spouse or your friends, your neighbors are not interested in your God? Because you are making yourself as the hero of your God's story. Here we are learning from Moses. He's not making himself as a hero of his God's story. He's talking even about the hardship which they, the hardship they went through. Because do you know that we had a problem of water? And the people you see outside the tent, these people can complain. They're not easy people to leave. <laughs> they wanted to eat. And guess what? God provided meal from heaven. 
is the provider. We ate, you know how we call it, it's a manna. We ate it. And as we went further, they started to complain about water. You know, can you, can you believe it? Water coming out of the rock? Just sitting, just listening. God did it. Now, we got to chapter 17. Before we got to where we are, in chapter 17, you probably know about the Malachites. Then Jethro goes, yes, I know about them. Those guys came to attack us. But God was with us. He rescued us. We won the battle. It got us to where we are. It is not me. And there is a mention about how God delivered them. He redeemed them. Moses is telling of his God story, but he's putting God at the center of the story. If you are a Christ follower, do you know that your salvation story, it is your God story. And how you tell that story will have an impact to those who are listening to that story. Your salvation story is by far the greatest miracle. My salvation story is by far the greatest miracle. And how we say it will have an impact to those who are listening to us. You are not the hero of your salvation story. I'm not the hero of my salvation story. It is God who brought in and rescued me through his son, Jesus Christ. Moses is telling the story because he understood that he was called according to the purposes of God. He was not called. He did not call himself into what he was doing. And Jethro was interested to listen and to hear. And I'm going to tell us who is Jethro, by the way. In verse 1, we are told that he is a priest of the Midianites. We'll get to that. And um, we continue to read in verse 10 to 12. And we see how Jethro responded. Jethro said, Blessed be the God... Oh, blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord, in other words, now I know that Yahweh is greater than all gods, including my God. Because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with the people and Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God, and Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. This is so powerful. When we tell any victory, if you're a Christ follower, when we, the way we tell our victories to those who are around us, the way they hear it, if they see that it is Jesus who is at the center, if we are elevating God, they will be interested in your God. But if you are elevating yourself, they are not going to be interested because you are presenting yourself like the hero of God, of your own story. Like a superhero of your own story. When Jethro adds, we are told, this is how I, 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 I want to just bring Jethro's word. He goes, I want to say that Yahweh is great. He rescued you and the Israelites from the Egyptians and their king. This is not a small thing because Pharaoh was not a small deal. You know, because if we are reading this story and we just get it just as a story. No, Pharaoh was not a small deal. It was a big deal. The Egyptians were a big deal. How did you manage to come out of the hands of these guys without weapons? How did you manage to come out of this situation without enough finances? How did you manage to come out? You said, no, it's not me. It is God. It is Yahweh. You know, maybe your business was, was about to collapse and all that. Yes, you come up with some strategic ideas and all that things. And then you are speaking to your business partner who is not a crash follower. And you are presenting yourself as though you are the one who has rescued the business. Then goes, okay. There is nothing I can get from this. But when you say, you know what? 
God brought the right people around me. God gave me the wisdom, etc. They'll be interested to ask about your God. I think Jethro went, Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all those gods that people worship, including the God I worship. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than my God, because He served these people when the Egyptians treated them with such contempt. Then he went, I want to tell Yahweh how wonderful he is. He rescued you, Moses, and the Israelites from the Egyptians and their king. At last, I am convinced that Yahweh is greater than all other gods. I'm convinced that Yahweh is greater than the God I saved because he rescued the Israelites from the power of their arrogant Egyptian enemies. I think just trying to put what Jethro was saying, he said, including my only God, because this guy, we have to understand, is the priest of the Midianites. And where we saw the Midianites in the Bible, it's in Genesis chapter 25. They are descendants of Abraham, by the way. But not through Sarah, but they come through, through uh, Abraham's wife after Sarah. Keturah. So that, that's where they're coming from. And this man is the priest of the Midianites. It's not a small deal. It's a big deal. Now he's being transformed, changed, believed in Yahweh, just because of the way Moses presented his God or that God's story to him. And this man is saying, I am going back not as a priest of the Midianites, but I'm going back as one who is worshipping Yahweh, the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I can just imagine the joy in Moses' heart. Now, something we can learn here, there is no one who is too far from God's grace. Your brothers, your sisters, your neighbors, you might look at them now, do not get discouraged. They are not too far away from God's grace. Can just continue to pray for them. This man was not a small deal. He's the priest of the Midianites, but he gets to believe in Yahweh. Will you trust God, the God you believe, to do the same for your friends? Will you trust Him to do the same for your family members who are too far away from, from Him? Do you actually know the God that you... We were worshipping right now, singing some. Do you know how powerful he is? Do you know what he's capable of doing? Do you know that he's able to bring someone who is an idol worshipper, a priest of the Midianites, to bring him down and to get him to see and to believe in him, not only to believe and to offer even a bench offering and join the community. Aaron and the elders, come, let's celebrate God is able to change people. Now, in my context, when you talk about idol worshipping, they're just thinking about taking maybe a wood that you put an image and then you bow down before it, etc. But one thing I know in the context of Cape Town, it is not only that. People worship money, people worship work, people worship beauty. There are so many things that we worship. Idol worshipping does not limit itself just from something that you just created. Even good things can become idols to us. I love how I'm glad your pastor mentioned about Dr. Tim Keller. Uh, uh, let me read what he said about idol. He said this, An idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of hearts, if I have that, then I will fill my life has meaning, then I will know I have value, then I will feel significant and, risk and, and secure. There are, there are many ways to describe that kind of relationship to something, but perhaps the best one is worship. Jethro looked after the story said, now I know that Yahweh is greater than all these other gods. Money can't give me what I'm looking for. Work can't give me what I'm looking for. An idol is anything more fundamental than God's to your happiness, meaning in life, and identity. And Jethro's identity was changed. He's going back to his country telling the people that I am now owned by Yahweh. 
I cannot practice what I was doing before because now I know this greater God called Yahweh. My life, my meaning is not in what I have. It is in Him. I wish you together. See people following online. I hope you are following carefully. Your life, the meaning of your life, your identity, your happiness should be found in the one and only true God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The next day Moses said to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning to evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone? And all the people stand around you from morning to evening. And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God when, um, to inquire of God when they have a dispute. They come to me and I decide between one person and another and I make them know the statutes of God and his law. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You and, you and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. He continues, he said, Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place, place such men over the people as chiefs of hundreds, of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you. But any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure. And all these people also will go to their place in peace. Uh, we get a, this is such an interesting part of this particular chapter. Because what's happening here the next day, you know, just celebrate the conversion of Jethro and all that celebration. But in the morning, then Jethro is standing outside and watching his son-in-law. And now you can connect it to the first, to the earlier verses, when we are told that Jethro insisted. It was not Moses. It was Jethro who sent the message to Moses to some bringing your wife and the kids. Now he's watching the way this guy is doing his ministry. He said, where are my, where, where's my daughter and my two sons, uh, my grandsons are going to fit in? Look at this guy. Look the way he's doing ministry. People were queuing early in the morning and Moses sits down and he was dealing with their issues. He looks at that and says, this is not wise. And a few words that are mentioned there. He's not just looking at the structure of Moses' leadership and said it's not wise, but it's also bringing some suggestion and solution to that. He said, in order for you to go far, this is not sustainable. This is what you have to do. Now I'm going to tell you some things that you're going to be shocked about, especially when it comes to your leader's ear, especially born. <laughs> Imagine Don, after leading the meeting, he was going to stand here and start to preach. After preaching, he's going to land with worship. Then he's going to run at the desk there to try and check out things again. Then after that, he's going to be now dealing about the building project, everything just done. Do you think that's wise? That's not wise. Now, I was trying to put myself in Moses' shoes. And, uh, you know, if it comes to today, you know, leadership, think leadership in the church. And, and, and obvious, even some other people in marriages or in raising our kids and in your workplace, 
You know, this is what is called the Jethro moment. How many times we've pushed away those moments in our lives because we don't want to hear. And uh, maybe this morning it's your Jethro moment. You know, if I was thinking, putting myself in Moses' shoes, maybe I would have gone, okay, with all respect that I have for you, my father-in-law, I want you to know, I'm not the guy who used to tend to your sheep in chapter 3. Don't, don't, don't really think about that. I am now famous. <laughs> How many people do you have on your Instagram account? How many people are following you? Do you know? You know, I would have actually go, I think you are just jealous because you see all these people are standing. I was, you had only me as your employee, but now you've got all these people are looking to see. You know, we feel so good when people come to us. Now look at all these people coming to me. Do you really know what it feels to stand before the king of Egypt? Were you there? I told you, I was the guy who saw that pillar of fire at night. And it was me. So don't be jealous. You would have actually pushed the advice away. And we are like that sometimes. You know, some of you are looking at me and say, Who are you to tell me I should think about this and that? Do you know how many business deals I've done in my life? Do you, let me, the general moment can be missed just because we lack humility. But when we see Moses and how he's going to respond to this, there are quite a lot of things that we can learn. By the way, we have to know as well, if you see your pastors like Don, is doing all the things, you have to stop him and say, come on. Because what is happening there is robbing you of the opportunity to use your God's given gift. This leads me to my first point. The people of God are given gift to build up the community. So if he don't get to do everything, he's robbing you of the opportunity to use your God's given gift to build up the community. I was expecting a bigger man. You've been robbed of the opportunity. I think Jethro, what he was saying to Moses here, he said, Moses, don't think that all these people here, they've got nothing to offer. They've got something to offer. You just have to group them in different groups, then you are going to see the beauty. And he said, you will endure, and these people go back home in peace. Everyone is going to benefit. Don is going to have some time with his family, also walking at the beach without having to worry about the building project because there are some people say, I am here. How do we? God has given all of us. If you're a Christ follower, you've got a gift given to you. And some of you are saying, okay, Andre, come on. Where are you getting this from? Let's read. It's not on the screen. For by the grace, of, by the grace given me, I said to every one of you, this is Romans chapter 12. It's a very common passage. Do not think of yourself more highly than you are, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. Uh, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesied, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, when, when I read this, then I connect that to the advice that Jethro was giving Moses. It feels like, you look at Moses, he had no wrong motives. We know that this guy was really caring for people. He had compassion for them. And, but when you think about all this, we can actually look at Moses and say, I think he ticks all the boxes with, with regard to this gift. But what's wrong with what Moses was doing? He, he, was not, he, he had no wrong motives. I think you can find the leaders like that are doing everything. They've got no wrong motives. But we forget that we are all part of the body of Christ. We are one 
body of Christ and all of us are gifted differently and we are to bring our gifts together in order to build God's community. I think that some of us are sitting here, your gift is giving and when you have to give, you don't really mind, you give generously. And some of you is teaching, you have to teach and some of you, and when I think about the structure, remember we are talking about leadership and the people of God. And when I have to think about what Jethro said to Moses, you know, all the people are going to benefit. Not only those who are leading, but even those who are in the groups that are contributing as well. That's the way we can build God's community. In fact, this message is coming at the right time because you are on the, in the process and the journey of this massive project which is going to serve this community and these surrounding, in fact, the city and many people come to know Christ because of that. That's what I'm saying. Why not bringing and putting all our gifts together instead of sitting? We live in a culture where consumerism is like drinking water. I'll apply, I'll do that there, but when I come to a time like this when we gather together as the people of God, I'm just going to hear and listen. I tick the box, I was at church on Sunday. No, that's not a good thing to do. That sounds like drinking poison, isn't it? You just come and sit, you heard, then you go. I've got nothing to contribute. Let, let, let me tell you this you've got something to contribute. God has given you the gift. And I've just read the list of these things and you can go, wow, God, help me to discover what is my gift so that I can contribute in the building of your community. Making sense? So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them aids over the people, chiefs of hundreds, of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any artist they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart in peace. I just include that section. And he went away to his own country. <laughs> So, obvious, obvious, you know, th there is a win-win situation. You know, Moses is rejoicing, the father-in-law just encounter Yahweh, and the father-in-law just after that is bringing some wisdom, which Moses looked at himself, he said, who am I to say not to such a great wisdom? I want to have time with my kids, my wife, I also want to build into other people's building relationships. I can't, he didn't, maybe he didn't know how to come out of the situation. And God needed to use a Jethro moment, we all need those moments. I can say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. But no wonder why you are finding yourself all the time. The kids are not wanting to listen to you because you are missing the Jethro moment. Your spouse is finding it difficult to understand you because you are missing the Jethro moment. This leads me to my second and last point. The people of God are given leadership and structure for their flourish, flourishing. The people of God given leadership and structure for their flourishing. Jethro said to Moses, this is going to help you. You are going to stand again for a long time. And these people are going to benefit as well. They are going to flourish. You will flourish. It is very important. And let me speak to some of, I, I, I believe, I don't see many young, young people here, or maybe even none, maybe some of them are listening from those that, you know, in this generation, young people, especially then they can miss some, their gentle moments, maybe with their parents, because the parents are trying to speak to them, and so, you know, in this generation, like I've got a 13 year old boy, he knows technology more than I do, but I, I have to remind him constantly that if you don't take my advice, I'm just giving them to you, but you have to know that one day you regret. Don't miss your Jethro moment. Leadership is in place for your good. God established leadership. We know that Jesus is the one who is leading his church, but he established some structure and some leadership in place for your good. Jesus called them together and said, 
You know that the rulers of the Gentiles, this is Matthew, it's not there, Matthew 20, 25 to 28. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles, Lord, it's over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to save and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hebrews 4.15 For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. You know, in all this, we see Moses is sitting on the throne and is wanting to deal with people's issues. But we know for sure when you think about it, you look into the story, Jesus is the true and the better Moses. And um, as we speak God's word, Jesus, our high priest, speaks the word to the Father in the courts of heaven. is the one who is between us and God the Father, the one who never gets tired, the one who is the head of his church, the one who is putting leadership in the church and the structures for your good and for my good. And when we think about it, Christ has done or he has achieved what Moses could not achieve. You know, Jethro wouldn't look at, he looked at Moses and said, Moses, this is not good for you. But whatever is not good for Moses, you know, we know for sure that our God is able to do it. Jesus Christ is the greater Moses, he is the true and better Moses, as we are told in Hebrews 3. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. Church leadership is in place, established by Jesus who has done the work already up front. He has made it easier for us through his death and resurrection so that we can serve in the power of the Holy Spirit. Our relationship with God is not based on what we can do for him. It's rather based on what Christ has done for us. Your motivation to bring your gifts to the table is not so that God can love you. It's not so that God can hear your prayers. It's because of what Christ has already done for you. It's because of what He has already done for us. Therefore, we get to serve from a place of joy. Because we understand that we are graced, we are approved, we are set apart by our Lord Jesus Christ. I need to be mindful of time. Thank you. So, we need to understand, as I said, in this particular, in this particular chapter, there are so many things that one can bring. But when I think about this community as I was preparing, I realized that a number of you sitting here listening you are far ahead of me in terms of some principles that you can apply in your businesses, in your families, etc. But I just want to remind you of these two things that I want to leave with you. I'll repeat them again. The people of God are given gifts to build up the community. The gift that God has given you, it is so that you can use it in building God's community not only out there, but it's bringing it. You are so privileged to be part of a community, a church where leadership is, you know, you've got different ministries which others are leading, but even if you are part of that group, you are not at least left outside, but you are part of the group. And you've got life groups in place where you have to be part of that. Now I have to ask you a question. Are you really leading something or are you sitting as part of a particular group of people or do you see yourself as an outsider when it comes to this community? Do you see yourself as one who is from distance, you are just watching other people are doing things? Or are you bringing your gift and putting it 
to the table and asking God, help me on how I can use this gift in building up this community. If you are not sure about your gift, you can speak to the leaders. The people of God are given leadership and structure for their flourishing. You will flourish the most when you are applying your God-given gift to see that the community of God is getting, you know, is growing. The more, the more you bring your gift to play, the more you are flourishing, and the more we are flourishing together, and the more we are pushing together the kingdom of darkness, and the more we are all together standing and saying, we want to see Christ reign where we are. We want to see Jesus, you know, the name of Jesus, the fame of Jesus be filled in the city of Ketan. You want to see that happening, but you don't want to be the one sitting back, but you want to be the one who is involved in that process. Let me tell you something. I'll read one particular verse, then I want us to have a moment to pray for a leadership team. John 1, verse, 12, verse 10 to 12. It's not on the screen again. Sorry, I put all these for my notes. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I want you to hear the word right. Friends, I want you to know, if you're a Christ follower, you've been given the right to become a child of God. But that did not happen in vain. Forget about you finding yourself as a member of this community. That right given to you, it's not in vain. You have to ask the question, why am I... Why am I given this right? Now, it might not mean much to you. Let me tell you something. My wife and I, we are not from here. Now, I understand this so deeply because of that reason. Now, we came here as refugees. Now, it's so difficult. By the way, not refugees, asylum seekers. I came first. Now, you have to go through the process and process of interviews and the standing at the home affairs, queuing all the time before your case can be approved, before you can be given the right, the right to belong, the right to live, the right to have access to other services. Then they moved me from asylum to now refugee status, section 24. It gives you a little bit of rights, not all the rights. Then they move me to a maroon ID, which some of you have never seen or heard about. It's kind of like my rights are a bit increased, but I'm not yet fully having all the rights. It's not the full right. Can you see the process? Then I have to apply for a permanent resident. How they accepted that there was a great day for us. We rejoiced because they gave us a permanent resident. A certificate we owed it to, you know, I'll never forget that. We are given the right. Now that right increases a bit of a list of what we can do, access, etc. That wasn't there. They start to go other places. They said, oh, we need your green ID. When we got our green ID, it was like, now we have the right. The right to stay, the right to do all these things and all that. Why am I talking about the right? It's because what is right here. To those who accept Jesus, to those who believe in him, are given the right to be children of God. It's a big thing to be called a child of God. You are given the rights by God himself. You've been adopted. May the Lord God help you to understand the role that you have to play in his family. God has given you gifts. And those gifts are for you to use. God has put leadership in place and structure. It's for you so that you may flourish. Do not play outside of the community that God has built and put around you. And most important, don't miss your Jethro moment. Maybe this morning was that moment. I'd love to call the band up. And I want us to stand. I want us to pray.
Maybe you are listening to me, you are not, uh, you are exploring the claims of Jesus. I, I just want you to know, God is in the business of giving people the rights. <laughs> and and he, he can give that right at any time. But I don't want to make it sound so easy for you, because we see the story with Jethro. He heard about Yahweh, and he made a decision without Moses having to force him. He said, now I know that Yahweh is greater than other gods. And they believed in Yahweh. For those of us who are Christ followers, I know for sure that Jesus is greater than other gods in my life. And the reason I know that is because no one had forced me to believe in him. But I, when I read the word of God, I discover that Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he came, he came to pay the price that I could not pay myself. The punishment that I deserved, according to Isaiah 53, Jesus, you know, he took it upon himself. He went through the toughest road, he, the suffering, the insult, the rejection, until he got to the cross, where he said, it is finished, it's done. Andre, I have paid for all that you were supposed to pay for. I want you to know that it is done. And when I discover that truth, this is not a cheap gospel that promises that when you believe in Jesus, then you won't have any issues. This is the full and true gospel that even if we are in Christ, like we saw Moses is telling the story about the hardship, we will still face ourselves with a lot of challenges. But we know for sure that this Yahweh is greater than other gods. Jesus is greater than other gods and he wants to give you the right to be a child of God today. And if that's you, I want to pray. I want to pray for you. And I want to pray with you. The rest of us, maybe, let's just be praying as well where you are. You say, God, help me. If you're a Christ follower, maybe you haven't been involved in the life of the church and you say, God, help me discover my gift. Where do you want to see me add value? Maybe that's a prayer you can pray right now. Help me to discover my gift that I may add value. Just pray where you are. And to those of you, maybe it's your first time. I want you to just pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you. I just said briefly the story of Moses and Jethro, who was the high priest of the Midianites. He heard about Yahweh. He surrendered to Yahweh. He believed in Yahweh. Help me to give, to let go of these other gods and to believe in you, Jesus. For you are the one and only true God. And now that I'm a sinner, I surrender my life to you. Help me, Lord. Come and rescue me the same way that you rescued the Israelites through all the hardship and the difficulties. We can see your hand. I call for you, Jesus. I call for you right now. Friends, I want in finishing, I just got a sense that we have to pray for the leadership of this community. Let's bring them before God because Jesus, you know, is the head of the church, but leadership and structure is put in place so that we all can flourish. I just want us to pray for what you've got in front of you, uh, the, the project that you have and the plans that you have for this community. We pray for the leaders that God will give them courage that God will give them strength, that God will guide them, and God will lead them. Can we just pray for Don and the elders and, and the deacons where you are? Let's just bring them before the Lord. Let's all pray. Pray your other's prayers for them. Say, God, give them strength. Give them courage. Yeah, let's, um, let's do that in just a moment. And I think Andre doesn't know all the details, but I would actually say for us as a church that we are exactly in a Jethro moment right now. I think for me personally, I've had a few Jethro's speaking to me and I think us as a church are having a, a real Jethro moment where we're saying to ourselves as a leadership team, 
God, we don't want another year doing what we've done. Things need to change. We, 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 need to, we need to include more people. We need to get more... We need to create more spaces, more opportunities. We need to see more people flourishing. We need to spread the load. We need to do what only we can do. We need to focus in on the things you're calling us to focus in on. And the other things we need to release, we need to trust that God's going to raise people up. And so those conversations are happening. I mean, we've done work on our deacons team saying, hang on, let's, let's make sure that we're, that we're doing stuff here and this is meaningful and that the load is being spread and we've got a way to go. I mean, you wouldn't know all this. I leave it up to your pastor to close for us. No, you're you. going to pray for us. I just want to, I want to encourage you that you're leading us in the right way. And I want to let the church know that we need their prayers. And uh, we want to invite you to pray for us because this is our reality right now. And we need wisdom. And we need God to lead us and guide us because we're excited. But uh, we're going to walk through this. So pray for us as you were going to or invite people to pray. I just want to encourage you. Wonderful. Let's pray. Why not pray, then I'm going to close up for us. You pray where you are. Just pray for the leadership team, for God's wisdom, and to God to guide. Let's pray together. Then I'll close at the end. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Lord, we bring the team before you. I bring Don and the eldership team and the deacons and all the key leaders in this community before you. Father Lord, it's so encouraging to hear that they're already walking the journey. They're already guards on, you know, in that process looking forward to the things that they want to see change, to the things that they want to give themselves to. Dear Lord, I pray for your wisdom, I pray for courage. Dear Lord, I pray for humility, just as we see it with Moses. When he heard the advice from Jethro, he accepted. He accepted to, to put his pride down, which we don't even see coming up, but maybe it might have been something uh, from deep inside his heart, but it's not mentioned, but yet we see his response to the advice was great. And when he selected and put the people into groups, God, what a great strategy. I pray for the leadership team of this community, that they will have a clear strategy for your church, that they will have... A clear, they'll get a clear direction on where to lead your people. God, they'll call your people to things which are priority. Lord, I ask that your grace and your favor and your mercy be upon them. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.